creating cosmos out of chaos. We talk a lot about what's going on in the world right now with so much darkness coming to light, mm. so much light coming to resist it. Mm. It's an interesting idea to think like consciously we have a choice. Like, are we a part of an expansion or the retraction? Are we a part of, the, you know, and it, it's been said in so many different spiritual, in spiritual sort of contemplations, like, are you part of the redemption or the fall? Mm-hmm. You know, are you are you going to rise mm-hmm. up or are you going to retract? Mm-hmm. And like, it's a really interesting duality, right? The expansion versus retraction. And I don't know, maybe that maybe you're right when you say you guess. Because I was like, why do you guess? Because I want to know, like, <laughs> you know, what, what can we ever really know? That's a bigger question. Yes. Nothing. <laughs> maybe <know> nothing. nothing. <laughs> I don't know. Well, it's like, and that's so what's interesting is like not to get too meta. But like, well, let's get as meta as we need to. <laughs> but like, there's like us, it's like me, who what I can know as Layla. Mm-hmm. There are the facts that seem to exist in this world. And then there's the larger, more philosophical questions of how did we get here? Mm-hmm. And what is the purpose of being alive? And yeah. what is there an afterlife? And those are the more larger questions that can we really absolutely know? Never. You can have a really, 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 really strong feeling, right? Mm-hmm. But like to to for I'm very Socratic and always mm-hmm. have been. Like the idea of being like the only thing I can know is that I don't know anything. I know, and so that leaves like everything being an opportunity to explore. Yeah. But do you think when you have certain experiences throughout your life that are so heart opening or mind blowing like miracles some many people have experienced miracles in their life that in that moment it reaffirms that yes i do know this is the truth for me do you know what i mean like maybe i mean for that's you that's a good answer but right? i mean maybe? i i think about like layla like mm-hmm. you you're an intuitive channeler like you have a gift that only a few people I think in the world are born with of being able to connect to energies and beings and divinity. And and I can't wait for you to talk about that a little bit more, but in your experiences, when you've had those moments of connection, has there been anything that like gave you that moment of reassurance that like, oh yeah, no, this is, this is real Mm. or this is our purpose Mm. in this world? Well, I actually, I, um, I think of Sadhguru when uh, I watched one of his interviews years ago, and this one thing that he said really stuck with me, because it's true. We can only absolutely know what we experience. Mm. And so I can talk about my experience of channeling and singing light language and what I experience when I'm in that state, but as someone, and, and maybe another channeler, could say their experience, mm-hmm. but our interpretation of how that energy moves through us will be completely different. Interpretation's a, cute, so, a cool word, yeah, word in that, right? Yeah, because our minds are all very unique. And, and you know, going back to that initial statement that I made about light wanting to see more of itself, thus expanded itself out so it could experience itself in so many ways, as narcissistic as that sounds, is kind of how... It does, actually. Right? It's like, ooh, I look good in this mirror. Let me come here. Let me create another version of me. But... but from like an from an energetic standpoint, right? Um, I think I've had moments where I absolutely know in my in my in my being as being a human as Layla on this planet, 
I have experiences of epiphanies and experience where I'm like, wow, this is so real. And, and it is real, but what really is real? Mm. And so let me, let me preface it this way. When I, I, I channeled a course during COVID, I was telling you a little bit about this mm. yesterday, and um, it was all about exploring how information is processed through our bodies. Sorry, when you say you channeled a chorus? Yeah. So like you channeled a song through you? No, so it was like a it was like a live webinar workshop where okay. for for eight weeks uh-huh. and we met twice a week. Okay. What do you mean when you say you channeled it? So so what had happened was I kind of got this uh, download of um, what was going on in the planet was very hard for a lot of people, and there was a lot of information. Right, we were mm-hmm. living in the age of information, yeah. and there were so many decides things of like what's this and what's that and what's true and what's not, and even from like a human design perspective as well, because I love to bring in all of these different, you know, the different contexts of the tools that I have. Human design says that we're right now, we're, we're in the age of um, the one line in human design. And what, the one line in human design is all about information. Ooh, so collectively, okay. we're literally in an, a state, in an age of information. And so the guides were kind of alluding to that. And I call the, the beings that I work with the guides. So these are the beings that you, you channel. Yeah. So just for people that are watching and listening to this. Yes. The beings you refer to are the guides in, do you know which dimension or where? We can come back to that. Let's stay on the, <laughs> well, no, because that's I'm, a whole nother thing. I know, but I'm just curious because you said you channeled this this chorus. Yeah. That's where we took her off track. I know. <laughs> We're like, what's channeling? Like, what do you mean by that? You channeled a chorus. Yeah. Let's I, come back to the channeling of the chorus. Yeah. I have this weird thing that I'm able to do where I'm able to always bring it back to the original. <laughs> yeah, no, you do. You did that last night at dinner and it was yes. amazing. So we have to hold on to that because I'm trying hard to hold on to the first thought here. Yeah, no problem. No problem. Um, so, so yeah, so it's channeling with these other these higher dimensional beings from different star systems. Mm-hmm. And it's more of an energetic basis. And I'll talk more about that later. But that's just to give a context for mm-hmm. what I'm channeling. It's coming from these different star systems and these different forms of consciousness. Um, and they basically, you know, said that, you know, we're seeing a need for this course to come through. Mm-hmm. And it was all about understanding how our inner technology works. So as a human... We understand at a linear, you know, physical level, okay, we're blood, flesh, and bones. We have organs. We have a way we digest food. We have a way our, 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 we see light and that we are able to uh, perceive our reality. But within that, energetically, we have so many other components. And from the guide's perspective, we have the thing that actually allows us to be on this planet is actually something called crystalline DNA. And crystalline DNA is what Gaia Sophia, the energy, the consciousness of Gaia is made of. She has a crystalline core within her. And I guess the closest thing I could say to like mimic that as a truth would be minerals, Mm. crystals. Yeah. They come deep within the core of the earth. And they're powerful. Absolutely. They're charged with energy. And different crystals as well, right? Yeah. Absolutely. And they grow in different localities. And probably we're not able to get to the depth of what's really down there because we have dr- drilling limits, right? Right. Yeah. Um, as we should. <laughs> Thankfully. Yeah. Yes. Um, so, so, so what really allows us to be here is that when we come as humans, we have a, also a crystalline DNA. Right. So let's preface it this way. We have a carbon-based DNA. And that gives us like our mom's eyes or our dad's nose. Mm. But we also have a crystalline-based DNA. 
And that is what actually allows us to be like magnets on the earth. It's resonating at her crystalline core. What do you mean by magnets on the earth? Like that's what actually allows us to be here. Okay. So it's like in order for us to be here, we have to come energetically incarnating with both carbon and crystalline DNA mm-hmm. in order to exist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what, uh, what, what we see as our carbon-based DNA is like our physical lineage. What we see as our crystalline DNA is the lineage of the earth, the lineage of Gaia. Mm-hmm. You know, they say we come from nature, we return to nature. Yes. You yeah. can kind of also put it in, into that context mm-hmm. of the energetic component of why we're here. Well, we are nature. Yes. Like we're connected to nature in every single way, right? Right. Like our bodies have Absolutely. their own intuitive systems, just like the trees and mm-hmm. the ocean have their tides. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. We're made up of bacteria and germs. Totally. Yeah. Or even think about like as a woman too, like of how we're connected to mm. the moon. You know what I mean? And how in sync, like even I remember when um, I was about to give birth to Xavier and my midwives at the time, they were like, oh, well, you know, the full moon is coming. She's like, when the full moon comes, all the women start to give birth. Like wow. all the women that are due somehow always tend to fall within like a day or two wow. of each other because of the full moon. And that like shows, right? Like the connection of even the moon of how it plays on like life itself and birth. Mm. Like it's, oh, it's so interconnected. And that's I love why that. it's so painful to see when we as human beings are also destroying the earth and destroying the trees. We're and, destroying and like, ourselves. Exactly. Yeah. Right? Like yeah. we are t- taking a part of ourselves. I read something once about the comparison between the natural ecosystem of the planet and how each of us has a natural ecosystem inside of us. Mm. And and it parallels analogously so perfectly. Mm -hmm. And when you say that, like, we're destroying the earth in the way of, like, burning the forest and polluting the water and all that kind of stuff, it's really interesting because if you follow that analogy back to if our own is our own natural ecosystem, you know, the majority of humans on the planet are destroying their natural personal mm-hmm. ecosystem as well with the food that they put yeah. into it and the frequencies that they're digesting, whether it's like into their digestive system or into their mind and their intellect and consciousness. Mm-hmm. Because in this day and age, it's like, it's almost like a, a, a perfect mirror yeah. of what we're yeah. doing to the planet. We're each also doing individually to ourselves inside yeah. the culture we've created. Right. And what you were saying too, like we're in the age of information as well, that information is all around us, whether information is good or bad, positive or negative. It's like, like you look, you go on your iPhone and it's just like, you can find anything these days. You know what I mean? So we're inundated with just like so much stuff. Actually, that's a great segue. So what the guys were finding is like a lot of people were struggling with like, it's the information is too overwhelming. Mm -hmm. Oh, for sure it is. So what they said is we need to, we're going to offer a course through you and we're going to, channel through you. So it wasn't a course that I was teaching. I actually, I had this outline of what they were going to talk about each, each class. Um, but I didn't know even really what they were going to talk about. (laughs) So So were you writing it down or like as it was mm, coming through, like where I would write down kind of a general outline of what they wanted to talk about or what Uh they said they were going to talk about. And I would show up to the call and I'd get into that headspace and they would come through. It was like a zoom call. With the aliens? No, no, no. With people. <laughs> That'd be pretty cool. I'm like, that's, I'm like, that's next level channeling. That's like, they're really dialing they're into here. you. They're here. <laughs> so you would, you would have Zoom calls with an audience. Yes. And then you would channel. Yes. Live. From, um, from where I was in New York at the time. No, no. But where would the, where, where was the source of what you were channeling? So it would be different guides each week. 
It was like would a, they tell you? Like, yeah, they would say who they are and what they're going to talk oh. about today. But each class was catered to understanding the, the different laws that we have, right? That we've understood, right? Like the the physical truths of our lives and the spiritual truths of our lives and and the truth about like what's really going on. And ultimately what they said is I think a lot of people that are tuned into spirituality, for lack of a better word, mm-hmm. are really spiritual seekers, right? They're looking for the absolute truth. Yeah. And the problem with that, what the guides were saying, is if you were to look for the absolute truth, you would never find it. Because truth is a multidimensional, ever-changing energy. Hmm. Think about ourselves in our own life, right? We used to, for me, for example, I used to eat meat. I used to eat meat. I used to eat dairy. Mm -hmm. And that was a normal thing for me. And then as I grew and started to have different experiences come to me, right, expanding through my contrast, I then decided that wasn't for me anymore. And... If I were to look back then and be like, well, that wasn't, this is true. That's not true, right? I would be negating and judging something that just neutrally happened. Hmm. Mm. So when we, when we look at truth as more of a understanding that there is no and could never be one truth, that's when we start to expand into the awareness of our multidimensionality. Wow. That's so because because it could right and it makes mm-hmm. sense yeah. when you when you put it that way like there's one good way of of eating mm-hmm. no how could you say that right we're all different in our own ways and that's, that's why I love human design as well because it's right. like it's such a printout of how you're so unique and and you being your unique self is adding so much just mm-hmm. be who you are. Well, exactly. And there's no blueprint for every yes. single one of us. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like you're saying, even even when you look at like Ayurveda, for example, mm. right? Like in mm-hmm. Ayurvedic studies, like every single person has their own kind of make of a different type of dosha and you're one of the three doshas. But certain th- foods and certain ways of living for, let's say, a vata wouldn't be the same for a kapha or a pitta. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you have and to find that that right. little... It balances with your yeah, inner ecosystem. Exactly. And that your constitution mm-hmm. can change. Totally. I used to be like Vata Kappa uh-huh. as well when I was younger. And then that changed. Mm-hmm. And I'm more Pitta, you know? Which is so overheard. W- <laughs> <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> My God. Overheard at Palmaya. That's like the overheard new, at Palmaya. Yeah, the, the new uh, Instagram. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it needs to be done. <laughs> actually. So what do you, I mean, what do you eat now? What's your diet like now? Um, so I am plant-based. Mm. I'm also, I have a gluten intolerance. Which I, <laughs> as we learned when we asked you, you yeah. know, how do you pizza? <laughs> right? I was like, gosh, I don't remember. As my 14-year-old self, <laughs> she's not home anymore. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm, I am plant-based. And um, I, I love, like I, we were talking earlier about what's the one food that we can't live without. And I do love tofu scramble. Yeah. <laughs> that and avocado. Yeah. That's like Xavier's go-to right there. Uh-huh. Oh my God. Yeah, there I you mean, go. Tofu scramble is amazing. I just I have to put lots of sauce on it. It's a weird thing. Oh, and interesting. Like a veganaise and like maybe you're not seasoning like, it properly. No, I don't know. I still love it. I, I think it's like I've I heard something that Dutch people are re, like they can't live without sauce. Like it's like a thing. Who are we talking? To? We had a bunch of Dutch people with us. Where were I we? I don't know. Your family? No, on tour. <laughs> where, who was with us that was Dutch? Heidi? No, Heidi's Th- not Dutch. No, no. 
who I, I don't know, we were with a bunch of Dutch people and they were like going off of those sauces. And then it was like, maybe I have some Dutch in me. Because like literally like whether it's ketchup or whether it's like vegan eggs or whether it's whatever, like I can't, I can't not eat certain things without like putting tons of stuff yeah. on it. Well, you know that about no, me. I, mean, no, wow. I know. No, no. I was just, it's just funny. It is funny, yeah. right? I don't it's know. It's like he orders a meal and, it's like, and then ketchup and then this and this and then he's just like, Okay. <laughs> it's like a little taster of everything. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah it needs a lot of flavors. Um, so gluten-free, how come? Is that an intolerance? It's, yeah, or? it's an intolerance. It's probably an emotionally related like message yeah. in there, um, which is so funny because like I feel uh, like I do lots of things. And, and my, what do you mean you do lots of things? For like... <laughs> For my work, I hate to call it that, <laughs> but like what I offer to people for your, is for your service and your purpose. Yeah, because yes. I do feel like you're when you found this connection to what you found, like you are living. I hope you are, but you could speak yeah. for yourself in your true purpose. Yeah, right. Yeah, like, well, that's such an interesting thing, right? Because even I, for my whole life, I was like searching for, okay, what am I here to do? What am I gonna do? What is a blah 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 this and that? I feel like and that's half the world. Totally. You know what I mean? Everyone's searching for that. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. But I realized like, even though like I thought, I guess whenever we want something really badly, we ultimately want it because we think we'll feel better when we have it. And so even when I opened up my channeling gifts in a more conscious way, I still felt like it wasn't giving me what I thought it would give me. In terms of internally, what were you? What were your expectations? Uh, well, I definitely wasn't expecting the channeling to open up. I had a whole thing for my life. I was like, well, it actually it all started when I was younger, and I was a very sensitive child, and uh, I could see auras. I could pick up all in, on imbalances in people's bodies, and I think my mom was very nurturing to this. Like she she noticed. Okay, how old were you when you actually realized that you were like seeing? things that others weren't able to see. Was it a seeing thing first? I think that's an assumption. Was it seeing or feeling or? Mm -hmm. It was seeing, it was it was feeling. And so my mom realized I was like starting to use my hands differently. So she brought in a, a Reiki master to attune my sister and I so that we had like a method to kind of like use this energy. Right. Um, and, what do you mean um, you were using your hands differently? Well, she would know that I was just like, pick up things differently or I was trying to feel the energy around something. Sure. I'd be feeling the energy around okay. the table. And so she was like, hmm, I wonder what that is. Um, or uh, to go back to your question, like when did I start noticing it? I, I thought everyone could do this. So I'd nev I never really talked about it because I was like, oh, so this is just a thing. It's like, why would I talk about like me having brown hair? Right. I don't need to talk about it. It's obvious. You know, it's interesting you say that because it's totally what um, Teal Swan was saying when we, we sat down with her a month ago. And she was saying how, you know, she was born with these special gifts as well. Mm -hmm. But when she was little, she didn't know that she was had these abilities. Mm -hmm. She just thought everybody could see it. And I remember she said a story like she was at school or something and she was like, oh, my God, oh, my God. Like I she was that. seeing a being and then everyone's that, like, <laughs> yeah, what? Same. Like, this girl is same. insane, right? So that's yeah. interesting. Cause and that, that, was like, my, that was my awakening is I was like, oh, no, I've done something wrong. And it was around the age of like nine or 10. And, and I was like, oh, no, people aren't seeing what I'm seeing. So I'll just I'll stuff this oh. down because you're at that age as well where you don't you want to be you want to fit in. Totally. And you yeah. want to be a part of everything. Yeah. I think that's culturally not even just with what would you call this like an extra sense, like a heightened sense or extra sensory, for extra sure. sensory yeah. abilities. Like even if you just, you know, 
if you emote more deeper mm. or differently than no, society or if absolutely. you I mean when I was a kid and I decided not to eat meat like uh -huh. that was a really really mm. weird thing socially and a lot of people that might feel the same compulsion do that thing where they bury it down yeah. to fit in yeah. right so yeah. like if you were burying that down yeah when did you feel that it was okay to embrace it again well it would probably be around uh, <laughs> trying to figure out how to answer this because I don't think there was a time where I was like, I have to embrace this yeah. because honestly, for a large portion of my life, after I stuffed it down after that incident okay. when I was about like eight, nine years old, it was like, I still have this highly empathic ability and I see everyone around me in such density. Like I remember visually being able to see the auras of those around me and family members and it was so dark and dense and heavy and like life is hard and life is a struggle and... I just, I didn't know how to help them, right? I'm also young. Right. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to find a way to like understand my reality at that age. Mm -hmm. Of course. And so what I realized is because I lived in New York, I would hear all types of things, right? I'd hear people talking on the streets. I'd hear this woman talking about a coffee and like doing this and doing, and now I, I don't have any more coffee. What am I going to do? And so, and so I would start doing these little accents and bits at home and, and it would make my parents laugh. It'd make my family laugh. I do them when we had people over and, and I'd be like, okay, for a moment, I can see that as they're laughing, this dark energy is being suspended from their energy, from so their, you would from see their body it visually. Wow. And I'd be like, that's how it leaves. So in my mind, I was like, great, I'll go into acting. So I started going to like musical theater and I would make people laugh on stage and I do these like funny like bits and, and, and for me it was like, that was my, I was like, oh, this is my purpose. To make people laugh. Yes. This is yeah. how, this is my contribution mm -hmm. to the world. Great. I can do that. And mm -hmm. so what I started doing was I made that my focus. I was like that thing that I used to do when I was a child, that's crazy. But anyways, this is my focus. Meanwhile, my mom at home, she was still deep in her spiritual journey. So she'd be listening to Abraham Hicks. Yeah. And like, she, like uh, you know, the secret, the secret was like long, long ago. But I remember even as a child, like making vision boards and, and things like that. And my mom would put Abraham Hicks on in the car and I'd be making fun of her because I was like, this isn't real. It's not real because if it is, then that means I'm an outcast, essentially. As a child, like I wanted to fit in and right. no one else was seeing or experiencing what I was. So I developed this resistance resistance uh -huh. of like, I'm not weird. Everyone else that does it is weird. Right. See, haha. -ha, right? right. So it's a normal yeah. psychological yeah. way that you would mm -hmm. try to assimilate. So I started doing that. And so my mom, you know, she was just continuing on with her journey. And I was like, I'm going to, I'm an actor, blah, blah, blah. And I loved it so mm -hmm. much. And in college, I went to college for acting and playwriting and, um, so funny because they have like when you're an acting student, they have these different techniques that you learn. So the Alexander technique or like method acting. And mm -hmm. so we do the work, we do the work. And I found the work so weird and difficult to do. I'd show up to acting class and they would, I'd, I'd perform. And they'd be like, wow, that's amazing. What work did you do to get there? And I'm like, honestly, it's just a frequency that I heard. And then I just did it. <laughs> and they're all like, what? And I'm like, oh, is that, that's not good enough. Oh, I did this, and then I did this, and then I did this. And they're like, ah, oh, good, okay. Yeah. So, so even just my own process for acting was different. And for me, it was, like a, it was like this frequency that I just kind of tuned in, this vortex of energy that I just tuned into to the truth of the character, and I just, I did it. Mm -hmm. And it was good, but 
not good as an acting student, right? Mm-hmm. So it was around like my sophomore year in college and I was, I think I, that's probably when my journey really started, but you never know when you're in the dark night of the soul experience, right? right. What's happening. Do you feel like that was your dark night of the soul? Like yes. during that time? Yeah, I was, I was, um, my dad had gone through like a series of like um, surgeries mm-hmm. and we almost lost him. I was in a really bad relationship at the time as well. Mm-hmm. I was almost thinking like, I, do I have to choose one, acting or playwriting? I don't know which one to choose. And mm-hmm. so I was, and seeing my dad go through that brought up a lot of things that I had experienced. I had a, a ruptured appendix that they weren't supposed to operate on when I was um, 18. So, and that brought up a lot of my trauma from that experience. Mm-hmm. So seeing him in the hospital, seeing him recovering was bringing up all of my unresolved trauma. And what my friend said, she was like, why don't you just take a term off and just be with your family, be at home, heal, and then come back if you want to. So I decided to do that. And in my time, um, my mom was like searching relentlessly to try to find like um, something for all of us. Cause it wasn't just me that was struggling. At the time I was very, I was so anxious. I couldn't even leave the house on my own. Um, anytime I left, I would like try to, I would faint. Like it was really? like, I was debilitating anxiety. And my sister was told that she, she would have to get, you know, um, a hysterectomy because she had PCOS and endometriosis, so really bad menstrual cycles. Oh, and, and then what ultimately happened, and my dad was still recovering, so my mom was like, I'm going to take you all and I'm going to heal you guys, and that's what's going to happen. And we're all like, sure. Um, and she dragged us to all these different things. So she said to me, why don't you start meditating again? And I was like, meditating? Like, what's that? And, and she was like, she would tell me the stories of, you know, when I was younger, I used to meditate and I'd be accessing these heightened states very quickly. It's something I loved to do as a child. So you used to do that and then you kind of forgot about it as you continued on. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, I also think of it this way, like that this energy, this higher frequency operates in a different dimension uh-huh. than I'm here on earth and this is my everyday and nothing else above that exists, right? It's a different access to information. And when that happens, we start to remember different things, right? Uh-huh. So in a way, it's kind of, I wiped my memory in a way you can think of right. by focusing my attention more in the physical world yeah. and kind of resisting everything that was happening around uh-huh. here. So... That, you know, that kind of experience, what she started to do is she started to drag us to understanding the subconscious workshops mm-hmm. and like meditation and, you know, breath work and all these different things. And I started meditating again, as per her suggestion. I didn't know how to do it, but I just said, okay, I'll just sit on my bed, close my eyes and just see what comes. So I started to do that and I would access these blissful states very quickly. The word. And I thought, oh. God, it's only been 20 minutes. My timer went off. Okay, I could do that every day. Easy. I could do that every day for 20 minutes. No problem. And when you would access these blissful states, like, what was that experience for you? Were you seeing these guides? Were you seeing these other dimension type of beings? Or was it just pure blissful light? Yeah, well, so early on, it was just this feeling of just like, kind of felt like my body was like melting in the sun is the most joyful way I can put it. And I remember I probably had a huge smile on my face, but it just felt like utter like euphoria. Right. And then what started to happen is that, you know, obviously when we meditate, our aura starts to shift, right? We start to attract different experiences. And so I attracted 
people that were helping me on my journey. Mm-hmm. And I worked with the shaman who didn't give me any plant medicine or anything, but we had a session and I had this really big awakening and I was like, wow, this stuff is real. Like this, maybe this is real, but I was still so skeptical. See, to go back to our yeah. first original question, yeah. something did happen to yeah. make you feel that connection of That's this true. is real. But I was yeah. still skeptical. I wasn't okay. believing it. I was like, maybe it was just like a boom and then done. Uh-huh. Like, and I'm back here, which mm-hmm. I think is interesting because now that you say that, it like makes me think of something else. But anyways. Yeah. <laughs> I had this really amazing experience and he goes, you know, the ancestors are telling me that you have a gift. And I was like, okay, the chosen one. <laughs> like I was like really like not taking it mm-hmm. that seriously. And he said, well, you'll, you'll know in a few weeks. And I said, okay. So I started to, you know, just continue with my meditation practice. And I started, he wanted to kind of take me under his wing and teach me a bunch of like other shaman, you know, our relationship to the earth elements and the fire elements and how to use elements instead of plant medicine. Where was he from, the shaman? Um, From West Africa. West Africa. Yeah. Was there one thing he taught you that stands out that was like the pivotal thing? Oh, yeah. He taught us how to, and it wasn't just me. So my my sister and my mom also had sessions. Okay. And he said, your line of women are like medicine women, Mm. which is what I, you know, what we talked about. Both of my grand, my great-grandparents they were like the healing ones in the village. Like if someone was hearing spirits, they'd go talk to her. So what he taught us was how to connect with the spirit of fire and how to use the spirit of fire to put it in your body to burn poisons and negative energies and entities that have attached onto you out from your body just by commanding it and learning how to use the energy. And so what started to happen is I would see this energy, like my visual Capacity came back online, just like how I used to see auras as a kid. So you would see dark energy just around you, like every day. Well, when we started, when he when he started teaching us how to do this, so I was working with my sister, and suddenly I saw this witch come out of her, and her face changed. Like she like turned into this witch, and she was cackling and crying, and like I'm not gonna leave. And wow. And then we released it. And we brought in these higher energies into her body instead. And, and how did you release that? Like, was it there specific mantras or like, what is the actual alchemy yeah. that you had to tune into? It was more of like an um, experiential process because not one person that you worked with would have the same experience. And I was kind of lucky in that as I started working in this way, my my visual capabilities came back online so I was seeing like okay I see these black worms coming out of my sister's body okay um I'm gonna keep saying it and keep doing this and actually the thing that led to my awakening or that moment before I had this kind of Mm -hmm. consciousness open up was I was working with my aunt and I was she was meeting one of her guides in a conscious way she wasn't under plant medicine or anything it was a purely conscious moment. She said, oh, he's not a guide. He's a negative energy. And she was like, he's choking me. And she's like, I'm going to throw up. Took her to the bathroom. I was saying all these things. All of a sudden, it was like this energy was kind of speaking through me. Take this, raise this to a thousand, do this, do that. And all of a sudden, she like burped. And this serpent came out of her mouth. Like, it wasn't real. Okay. She, well, well, what is real? So I saw it and I was like, oh my God. I flushed the toilet. I was like, did you see that? She's like, see what? I was like, and I was like, oh no. I was like, I'm going crazy. I'm going crazy. I'm turning into my mom. Like, and my mom at the time had started reading about aliens and 
she started reading David Icke and I was like, my mom is crazy. My mom's a conspiracy theorist. Like <laughs> my mom is believing that the moon is a hologram. Um, this is problematic. <laughs> so, and I literally, I wrote a play about this in school to try to process wow. how I was okay. feeling, right? Yeah. That's how deep into skepticism and resistance I was. Um, and, uh, and after that experience, I felt so worried and I called him up and I was like, look, this happened. I don't know what's happening. I need, I want to stop this. I was getting resistance again, mm-hmm. probably mm-hmm. like when I was a child. And he said, oh no, you're fine. The ancestors are telling me that you're about to be alerted about your gifts now. And I was like, what? And he hung up and I was like, okay, that's fine. This is normal. A shaman is telling me the ancestors are telling him that there's a gift that I have and it's about to be opened up. Okay. What's going to, is this, are the clouds going to part? Is like Jesus going to come back to the earth? What's going to happen? Right. right? I was really, at this point, I was, like, really annoyed almost. Right. Went to my mom's room. I was feeling really anxious, which is something that I hadn't felt, right, ever since I started meditating and, you know, understanding my subconscious. And and she was like, just sit down. It's fine. And she just kind of facilitated this visualized meditation really quickly. And all of a sudden, I felt like I was not in the room with her anymore. I felt like I was physically in this desert terrain, in these circle of rocks, And out of nowhere, this beautiful rainbow light just showered me with this amazing energy. And it felt like pure love. I just got goosebumps. Yes. It was so beautiful. Like pure, pure love. And um, out into the distance, I saw these two blue humanoid alien looking things walking towards me. And that was the last thing I remember. And I woke up with what felt like five or six hours later. But was only 40 minutes and apparently I gasped for air on the bed and my mom was like oh my god are you okay and I was like yeah and I was like am I okay I started moving my body I'm not a very flexible person now but after that I was able to lift my knee to my head like an acrobat it felt like every cell was like brimming wow. with high fast energy just pure light just moving so quickly and I was like I feel great She's like, what do you remember? I was like, well, you did this thing. And then I slept and, uh, and then this happened. And why is it still dark outside? <laughs> and she was like, that was only 40 minutes. I was like, no, I was sleeping for six hours. She was like, no, it was only 40 minutes. She's like, that's all you remember? I was like, yeah. <laughs> and she goes, okay. She goes, well, you were channeling these beings from the Andromeda galaxy. And they said that during the years of 2019, to 2024, that there would be a lot of changes happening on the earth and that the earth and Gaia needed to ascend to a higher frequency and that this is your first time on the planet and that you came as a collective of a part of children called the Rainbow Children and that you're here, your mission is to be that cosmic remembrance back into who we really are. And I was like, You've been drinking too much Abraham Hicks juice. Like, this is not real. And she was like, it is. It is real. And she's like, I recorded it. She's like, and your voice, your voice. She was like, you know how you used to do those accents? She's like, but you were doing it for like 40 minutes. And she said it sounded like a walkie-talkie. Wow. Like a a male voice as well. So you were in this experience speaking Mm -hmm. about all of this to her. Yeah. Wow. And not aware that I was. I thought I was sleeping. Yeah. Yeah. And and so I didn't believe her. And she's like, I recorded it. So I began to listen to it. And the, my voice, the language. What year was this? What this happened? Um, 20, oh, what year is it now? 
That was five years ago. So wow. So they're pretty much like predicting COVID and everything that we must have been. Like 100%. What they said specifically, they said these pockets of consciousness would start to break down. So they said the the financial system, the Uh education system, the medical system. Which all of it has been breaking Yeah, or is in the process process of doing that. Yeah, Yeah. and that they they said that there would be what they called a a timeline split, which means when I think of um, what what they really meant is that there would be two kind of ways of thinking on the planet. That there would be those that be that would take this experience Mm -hmm. and use it as contrast to go into a higher consciousness. Right. And there would be those that either by soul contract or just by the fact that they can't, they can't move their energy, Mm -hmm. would stay in that different vibration. Right. Which is exactly what we're seeing right now too, like the duality and the division in the Mm -hmm. world, right? Like Mm -hmm. there's, we were talking about it, I think yesterday, where it's like there's so many people that are are waking up in their own ways, but are like starting to like, shaken be like oh my god no something isn't right and then there's others that i find that are almost like falling asleep into a deeper place mm. you know what i mean it's mm-hmm. like it's it's dividing the contrast, the contrast is very is, yeah is really really visible yeah well it's interesting you were saying earlier about people looking for like for lack of a better term you said spiritual seekers right mm-hmm. like looking for spirituality and that seems to be something that's um, become almost a fashion mm. um, I mean, in you look 2022. At Tulum, which is yeah, just around my backyard. backyard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I know. Yeah. And so, what do you make of that? Like, when when you think about the idea that there is a split timeline, mm-hmm. it, it could be a split consciousness. However, you want to describe it mm-hmm. using our, um, I guess our our failed English language yeah. to actually put things <laughs> in a way that makes sense. Yeah. But so if, if there's this this split going on, mm. yet some people think that they're driving towards the light or are driving mm. towards the light or a higher consciousness, but for reasons that may serve them at the time mm-hmm. or they think that serves them at the time, but maybe it's more of a fashion than a deep intrinsic yeah. desire to, yeah. to lift frequency and consciousness. Mm. Like, what do you make of all this? It's like a you're in the heart of it in a sense like we're here in mexico yeah tulum is um a circus well it <laughs> I is i mean I, I have to just to make sure we say right there are really beautiful pockets oh, yeah, yeah. of tulum and we have yeah, some friends in absolutely. tulum that are incredible human beings yeah there's like little communities but yeah. then when you're dropped into this just like the middle of it and you kind of just look around yeah, yeah. it's insane and mm-hmm. it's like this whole spiritual like bad you yes, know what i mean of yeah. like the fashion but also like the trendy thing but where does yeah. that fit into into what the andromedan people were yeah. saying <laughs> the blue humanoids <laughs> so the way i want to go about answering this is is again to a more nuanced way uh, because my opinion as layla is like well it's this and that and that, yeah. that which is true and valid right but when i see something like tulum and I see that there are cacao ceremonies going on every day, ayahuasca ceremonies going on every day, mushroom ceremonies going on every day. Um, it's like you have a ceremony for everything, right? Yeah, they do actually. What, what I see from a higher perspective is that I actually, a part of me gets excited. Mm. Because here's the thing, no one knew what meditation was 10 years ago. So true. Mm-hmm. And now not only do they know what meditation is, 
They know what breath work is. Mm-hmm. They know what, you know, cacao is. Yeah. They know what ayahuasca is, right? Mm-hmm. They know what mushrooms are. And so from that level, I just see, I'm, I'm grateful for the fact that it's becoming like so well-known and almost the fact that we're making a joke out of it is almost like, wow, like we're at that place where mm-hmm. we can make a joke about it and people will know. Right. Majority of the population will know what we're talking about. Yeah. So that, in that regard, that it's it's like an opportunity for people to um, awaken to something larger, mm-hmm. I appreciate. Mm-hmm. However, um, you know, with everything, we need to have intention behind it, mm-hmm. yeah. right? And the thing that I get worried about is someone – I'm someone that re- I really care and I'm really invested in people's inner transformation. Yeah. And that's really what, what gets me going. Mm-hmm. That's what I get so excited about. Like my friends are always like, I don't want to take up your time. And I'm like, you're not here. Let's do it. Yeah. Like <laughs> When I got back from Japan like a few days ago, yeah. I was so jet lagged. And you're like, when you have time, I was like, no, let's do it now. Like I'm up, I'm up, let's go. Yeah. Like I get really invested in that because I think that's what's missing the most. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because in terms of my service and, and what I offer, I used to do a lot of channeling sessions before. Mm-hmm. And that was when I was living in New York, right? How would those look like? You would just, you know, sit with an individual and yeah. connect to the guides? Mm-hmm. Or how, how, what was the process for you to, to do that type of channeling? Right. Before? So I would do like private sessions uh-huh. and, and they would send me like their intention beforehand. So I'd read that intention and I'd meditate with that intention beforehand. I'd write down just things that came to me, past, mm-hmm. present, future. I was very open. And then I'd get into the session. I'd just talk about a little bit about what came up in the meditation. They'd be like, wow, yeah, that's true, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then we go into the channeling session. And because the guides are already aware of what this person needs... Mm-hmm via the intention, mm-hmm. they're already kind of very present. So they come in and they it's like lecture. It's lecture time. And the guides, are are they always like these Andromeda? No. Is it always different? Yeah. So, like what, so going back to that, what started to happen is I, I went back to school after I had my awakening for a term. Oh, wow. And I was like, I still feel like this isn't exactly for me. And, and it was crazy because it was like I was living a split timeline myself. Because I would go to acting class, I'd come home, I'd like start, I'd get on FaceTime with my mom and meditate and we'd start channeling, right? So, so it was like this weird experience of like living here and living there. Mm-hmm. And then when I got, I decided, okay, this college degree means nothing to me. So I dropped that and I started just channeling full time. And mm-hmm. when I started really investing into, okay, this is my new timeline, new beings started coming in. So I wasn't just working with the Andromedans. The Pleiadians started coming in. Um, The Arcturians started coming in. The hybrid children started coming in. Like the consciousness of Kuan Yin and um, uh, Buddha. And they would all have different messages that were pertinent to the times that they walked this earth. And did they have something completely different and unique, each one of these type of beings? Or was there a similarity between all of them? Well, they were unique in the message that, the specific message that they, they brought. Um, but like back to like in a channeling session based off of their intention, how I experienced it was whichever being or form of consciousness that was most suited to answer that would come through. (laughs) So it was kind of like, and for me, like when I get into that space of channeling, the way I experience it is I know that I'm here. So for example, if I were to start channeling now, I'd know that I'd be here and I'd start breathing and just kind of relaxing my body. And then I would start to feel myself go into my body, Mm -hmm. which is really interesting. Because a lot of even 
religious like um, texts talk a lot about how the body is something to be shameful of, right? We need like sexual behavior even is something to shame, right? Our bodies are inherently dirty. Or even in spiritual spaces, they'll talk about how we need to ascend out of the body. Right. Right? Yeah. Which I think is not necessarily true. If we were given this body on this planet to experience life, Mm -hmm. how could that possibly be shameful? Mm -hmm. How could that possibly be an unspiritual thing? Totally. And so what I experience is I go deep, deep, deep within myself that when you go into that core, it's like light Mm. and it's in its most powerful Mm. form. So for me and how I experience it, it's not that I leave my body. Mm -hmm. It's not that I'm here and I'm watching my body. I go deep, deep, deep inside my body to the core of what exists. To your true essence too. Exactly. Because you're real self is in there it's yes. not this it, right it's the heart it's, exactly it's the soul that never really dies exactly it just continues to transcend it's the eternal move. flame exactly yeah. yeah so i go deep into there and once i'm there at that point i just feel like i'm a ball of consciousness i don't feel like i'm like layla right i feel like i'm just a ball of consciousness mm-hmm. and depending on the asking i'll feel myself ping pong almost to these different locations in the multi-galactic universe And if it's the Pleiadians that are coming in, I'll see like three representatives and I'll see a bunch of of other beings behind them. And the way that I see them, you know, other other, um, channels and and other, you know, people that have access Mm -hmm. in that way interpret, you know, these beings differently. And I also think that's right back to talking about is true. Is there a one truth? Mm -hmm. What do the Pleiadians exactly look like? I think it's different depending on how your inner technology works of course. and how you are best suited to communicate with them. Mm-hmm. So I see them in a specific way. But when I see them, they're not talking a human language. What I'm hearing, it's like I have these headphones on and I'm hearing this high pitch frequency in my ears. And so what my human is hearing is just these like high pitch frequencies, like tunings almost. Mm-hmm. And I'm not hearing anything else. So I just pray every time I channel that it's coming out in English. Because if I were to try to hear what I'm saying, firstly, that would distract me from the experience because I'm there to just translate. And it's coming so quickly. Um, I obviously am aware that my mouth is moving, (laughs) but, but it just, it comes so fast. I don't have time to catch it out the other ear. Right. Mm -hmm. So the way, if I were to try to hear it, it'd be like, well, you know, when you're floating underwater and you're in Mm -hmm. water here, someone's talking to you and you're like, I can't hear a thing you're saying. You need to be louder or enunciate. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like that. Right. I I must be saying something. I just can't catch it. So when you're, you're bringing that through, is that what you call the light language activation? No, so that's different. No. So okay. when, when I'm communicating uh, with, the, with the guides, um, depending on the message or the question, mm-hmm. a different guide or being or consciousness will come forth to answer it. And with the light language, that really happens if they see something. The light language that I, that I speak is, is, let me first, you know, Give an understanding of what light language yeah, is. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Because I'm sure there's a lot Probably of people idea. that have no idea. What, yeah. I mean, I I'm like, come on, you guys. You know light you language. Know. I don't even know what it is. It just sounds really beautiful. And I'm like, I yeah. can feel what it means. But yeah. I actually, maybe in, in, in English terms, we can explain what is a yeah. light language. Yeah. So light language is related to, have you heard of the Akash? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
but explain. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'll explain in my terms and what I've okay. understood through, through my work. So the Akash is a living, breathing library of everything that is, was, and ever will be. Mm-hmm. Through the Akash, our souls are stored in the Akash. I don't want to say stored. A piece of us is always connected to the Akash. So when I talk about, like you're saying, well, you have these gifts, I'm like, yeah, but everyone does. Mm-hmm. It just comes out in a different way, right? Mm-hmm. Like we never say, oh my, it's like, oh my God, you're a psychic. That's amazing. Meanwhile, this person's painting this amazing watercolor masterpiece over mm-hmm. here. And it would be a different level of appreciation based mm-hmm. on value. But that person is absolutely channeling right. through their hands. Yeah, no, I, it's funny. When you talk about channeling, I think about songwriters and yeah. I think about flow state and I think mm-hmm. about all the things that human beings get lost in as far as their consciousness goes. Um, and if they think about what they're doing, it stops. Yes. And I think that's the commonality between all of the different people that claim to do beautiful or wonderful things in flow. Yeah. Um, and what you described to me was just your version of words depicting what a jazz artist talks about yeah. when they go on to, you know. And they s- don't even know what music no, they absolutely. were doing. It just came through to them, right? You know, that reminds me of, have you seen the movie Soul? No. no. <gasps> you guys. Oh, okay. you need to watch mm-hmm. that tell movie. Us. Tell us. I need good movies. No <laughs> okay. Good movies it's, it's an amazing movie. It's a Disney movie. Pixar movie, funnily Mm. enough. Just just hold on, just hold on. If you just take out all the controlled opposition, it's really good. (laughs) Overheard. Um, No, but it's amazing. So it's about this guy who, like, he's living a really horrible, miserable life. And then he, like, gets, he has a a gig that he's really excited for that evening. And as he's on the street, he gets run over by a car and dies or something. Or he gets, he's like in a pothole and he dies. This is terrible. Terrible. (laughs) But then he's on the other side. And what he experiences on the other side are all of these souls that are coming to earth. And when they're on earth, they have to, and and, in what he sees, uh, it's like how his life was. And he's like, no, I need to change this. How do I change this? I didn't appreciate life. Mm -hmm. I didn't do this. I didn't do that. And then there's a soul that's coming to earth. And I haven't seen it in a while. I saw it like right when it came out. But basically, the soul really doesn't want to come to earth because she has to choose something that she's really good at. And she's like, I'm not good at anything. I'm Mm -hmm. trying to find my thing. Like they have different like stations. She's like, I'm trying to find my thing. I can't find my thing. And he's like, well, like, give me your body and I want to go to earth. Like, give me your earth pass and I want to go to earth. And so basically they go on this whole journey together, but I'm trying to remember now that it relates to what we were just talking about. But basically it's an amazing movie and okay. you need to watch it. Getting lost in the flow state of things. Getting yes. Lost. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Yes. I got you. Because I got you. What, what, he, what he saw is like, and what he experienced when he was alive was he was this, I think he was a pianist and every time that he would play he would get like it's this beautiful visual that they are Mm. able to do of like he's in that flow state Mm -hmm. and he's able to connect to all these other energies as well while he's playing piano amazing and and that and when he dies he see he get he goes back to that state that's so cool and so and that's so beautiful and i love that you mentioned that because it's so true and that's really what through my work and me showing up in this way, this is like really what I'm trying to to bring is mm-hmm. because you see places like Tulum where people are doing ceremonies and who knows if the intention is good or bad, if they're doing it for the fad just to get money or if they're doing it authentically, mm-hmm. not for me to judge. Mm-hmm. But when you see like, like it's so saturated there, mm-hmm. when I see that, I kind of, and when I really like started to live here, I was like, okay, so I'm offering channeling sessions now. When I look at what's in my environment, 
Channeling is something that is not exactly the thing that we need right now. It's something that I can do, but when I look at what's necessary and what I see for how I can help people, mm-hmm. it's not channeling right now. Mm-hmm. I can still do it if I, if I need to or if yeah. someone wants that experience. But what I see is people need integration and transformation. Wow. Because in Tulum, it's like all this experience of, I'm doing the work. I've gone to so many ceremonies. Mm-hmm. Are they working? I mean, how many do you yeah. need to go to in order to feel like you've been healed? Mm-hmm. Interesting. I hear that word integration a lot. Talking about like post-ceremony mm-hmm. or post-sort of whatever experiential thing mm-hmm. that these people go through. Um, and, you know, integration, I think, is I, I hear the wisest and most grounded people I know using that word. But I hear a lot of other people, and I, again, it's I like how you you've nuanced the idea of like who are we to judge, where they are on their path, what value yeah. they're getting from it, and how they're integrating it. Mm-hmm. But to reinforce and to find utility in being the one to to help to help them integrate, to help them understand yes. the importance of integration. Um, Maylan actually said something at dinner after we did a podcast with her uh, when we were in Austin, and she was like. And I, I lean on this. I probably said it a dozen times since. And mm. the, the most spiritual thing that we can do being here isn't going to the cacao ceremonies or doing the plant medicine or all the stuff. It's like, it's actually just coming back and trying your best to be human. Yes. And to just like simplify the shit out of it all and just be like, the most spiritual thing is just, let's try the hard stuff. Like the hard stuff's just being a balanced, good human mm. and, and behaving in a way that you believe you're motivated in your intention. You said that word too. And yeah. I, I think intentionality is something that is so lost, not just in our everyday life, but also in a lot of these spiritual practices. Yeah. Like why are you going to take that plant-based medicine? Why do you need to go and go through this ceremony? Or why do you even need to move to Mexico and go to Tulum or live here and, and play it either? Like Absolutely. what is the intention of that? And what do you think you need from it? And then how do you integrate it? Yeah. So that the rest of your life can yeah. be something of a deeper value and a more enriched experience. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and that's where I lose, I think, my nuance when it comes to Tulum <laughs> because I'm just like, oh, everybody, like, stop the parties on the beach and let's get down to being human, mm. you know? like, And so it's one thing to chase experience and I spend a lot of time chasing experience in my mm. life, being like, oh, I'm just going to have a great time tonight. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. also great to do and, and feel it's alive human. from time to time as well. It's part of being a human. It's also in celebration of and enjoying course. your life, yeah. you know, not just, you know. Celebrating being... life is key. Exactly. But it's about balance. It's about, it's about balance. working on yourself and finding those moments to just feel alive and dance and just be human and feel and, and find that joy for life itself. Absolutely. But then, of course, there's other times where we have to go in and like what you were saying, like yeah. going connecting to your truest essence mm-hmm. and, and tapping into that energy and mm-hmm. letting that energy work through you through whatever gifts, which is so beautiful also to connect to, like we were saying about purpose, mm-hmm. right? Like I do believe that each and every single person out there has a purpose. And once they can tap into that energy through a passion of theirs yeah. and find that flow state, yes. whether it's writing, whether it is dancing mm-hmm. or making art, whatever mm-hmm. it is, or channeling. Right? Shifting purpose, though. Mm-hmm. I think that... You can put too much importance on having a purpose if you think it's the one thing you're supposed to do no, for the rest of your life. Yeah. It's it's funny, like Betty, our our nanny, was saying, asked me, like, do you think you're living your dharma? 
And I was like, my immediate response was like about to be like, yes, of course I am. And then I thought about it and I spent some time talking with her about it. And I'm like, what is your dharma? Is it possible? Maybe for some people, but for some reason in my life, I think my dharma is a constantly shifting target that I miss by an inch every time. <laughs> but the journey of the fire mm -hmm. of, of firing that arrow and trying to hit it and try like kind of like what you've been saying, like tuning in and being like, well, this isn't right for me right now. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. I feel good when I do it, but is it serving the greatest utility or the greatest mm -hmm. purpose? Mm -hmm. And like, but then maybe the greatest purpose isn't always the thing we should be serving. Maybe sometimes we have to serve ourselves. And that and is so then, indirectly serving right? the greater purpose. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like, it's this interesting thing where I think everyone loves to like wrap it up with a little bow and be like, your dharma is service and you can find that and you can be Mother Teresa for the rest of your life and then you will be happy. It's like, and then, because, and then you will be happy? And that's what I was saying about how like, people are like, oh my God, you must be so lucky you found your purpose at an early age. And I'm like, is this my purpose? Because it didn't give me what I emotionally was seeking. Right. And I don't know still what that is that I am emotionally seeking. But that's so important for people to say because yeah. it's the exploration of Abs that, that I, becomes I, a better purpose exactly. than finding the way, the journey, right? And that's what I mean, going back to the very first thing that we were talking about, it, it's, it's because the light within us doesn't want to find an end goal. No. It doesn't want to find the truth. It wants to continue to expand. It's beautiful. And that's the purpose. Exactly. Expansion. And I think through that expansion, we'll always go through different little passions yeah. and services and purposes. Yeah. And like you were saying, like maybe at some point you reach a point when you're like, even what you're saying now, like, you know, channeling, I can do it. But I feel like now I'm even moving to a, a greater expansion of yeah. you know, the light language activation yes. or, or the human design yeah. and all of these things. And it's everlastingly, like it's shifting constantly. Absolutely. Even for us, like we see it even. I we've been imagine. doing like yeah. yoga videos and now we're trying, you know, bring this podcast together and we're well, creating yeah. new things and it's a constant evolution and nothing's ever going to last forever. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Everything has its end. And so it's just a constant flow of finding that new passion. To master an artful way of living, mm. I think, is to also recognize when you've been doing something for almost too long and mm. having the guts to shift. But also when you're doing something that you shouldn't be doing and having the guts mm -hmm. to shift. Yeah, both, so it's like right? this constant, like, not staying too late at the party and being that last guy there for the next 25 years. Right. But also, like, getting what you need out of it and knowing when you're getting something of value. So, okay, I should stay here a little longer. Yeah. But when too long is too much, to step aside and be like, now I need to go and explore expansion mm. somewhere else. Yeah. Because if I had a million lifetimes, I'd spend a year doing everything. Yeah. Right, but right. Like, but to live a rich and empowered life of diversity and experience and w like, and as much of people's wisdom. Like, you know, that's why I like the shortcut here of the podcast that you mm. sing. Because we get to spend two hours with you, like, soaking in your wisdom. Mm -hmm. And then the next podcast we do, we get th to soak in more. And so it's like, there's like little micro doses. And that's why I love listening to podcasts because you get these micro doses. Yeah, totally. That are like 10 minutes long, but yeah. they're like real, like mm -hmm. like meaty kind of experiences of, of, of what people have to offer. So if I had that opportunity to live a million lifetimes, like I'd spend a year doing everything I possibly could. One year. And I'd cut it <laughs> to that, to that, to that. But we're limited, right? Like we only have like, you know, yeah. if we're lucky, 70, 80, 90 years. So we have to keep expanding. So expansion, yeah. right? Expansion is the key. But just to bring it back, because I really want to know what is the light language. Oh, <laughs> my God. Yes. <laughs> we started in that, and then we kind of went into a beautiful conversation yeah. about another thing. But 
You, you were talking about the Akash and like mm-hmm. the Akashic records, right? So our souls all come from this, uh-huh. this library, this living, breathing library of everything that is, was, and ever will be. And because that's the only thing that is, was, and ever will be, our souls come from that. So it is the record of our, like our souls and yeah. every lifetime that our souls goes through. It's yes. like recorded in yes. this astral type of plane. Mm-hmm. Is that, mm-hmm. am I right to yes. kind of yes. imagine that? Okay. Yes. And, and within that though, the Akash, because it stores everything that is, was, and ever will be, it has languaging. Mm. You can think of it kind of like, imagine like a locker room where you have all these different possible codes to open up mm-hmm. each locker. The locker code of the Akash has a language and not just one language. It has many dialects, sub-dialects within that, right? We can, so we can take that example and we can like put it in an earthly form and be like, okay, there are so many ethnicities, so many races, so many religions on planet earth, mm-hmm. so many languages, so many dialects, so mm-hmm. many um, uh, different pronunciations, right? And so the Akash is no different. The only difference from like Earth and the Akash is that within the Akash, they have different kind of like codings or languagings for different purposes. So the the light language is is a is a language of the Akash. It's it's a it's yeah, that's the best way I could put it. And within that, the dialects that I channel are meant for healing purposes and ultimately This is a really interesting journey as well about how I started like using light language is Mm -hmm. the first time I saw it was actually in a meditation. And again, I went to that blissful state and all of a sudden I saw these stars and I saw these characters made up of light. And as I saw the characters coming down, it was like a screen in front of me coming down. I started hearing harmonics corresponding to each symbol. And I always just thought, oh, this is so beautiful. Like, I don't want to get out of this space. This is an amazing space to be in. How do I, how do I give this experience mm-hmm. to people? And I used to sing as, as a kid and in musical theater, mm-hmm. but I don't really like sing professionally. I'll sing in the shower sometimes um, or like for fun, but never trained, right? And so what I would do is I'd put the record on on my phone and I'd go into meditation, I'd wait. And then suddenly I'd be in that headspace and, and I'd start singing these frequencies. And I realized as I started hearing it and then singing it, it was like I was wearing these headphones again. My ears are ringing <laughs> talking about it. I'd, I'd be, it's like I'd be wearing these headphones, like these like galactic headphones, and I would start just singing these frequencies. And again, kind of similar to when I'm channeling like in English, right? an alien language in English, I wouldn't hear what I'm singing. I'd be aware that I was singing. I just couldn't hear myself sing. Hmm. You actually wouldn't even hear sound. No. So when I'm in that state, wow. it's it's also trance. So I'm not really there. Well, there. Right. <laughs> um, and and then I would listen back. Mm-hmm. And I'd hear my voice do these crazy things that I can't do just in my like waking state. Wow. And so I thought, well, this is really interesting. Like, this is kind of cool. Like, Mm -hmm. let's explore this. And I would get, as I would channel a a light language activation, I call them, which is like a little light language song. Mm -hmm. You can give it that way. Um, You just sit with it and you close your eyes and you just kind of meditate to it. And you just let the frequency just kind of penetrate inside of you. And each frequency is made for a different thing. So I have a, a, a bundle on my website for sleep and calm. I have one for like activating your intuition 
So this is something people can just purchase and download and then listen yes. to at any time. Anytime. Oh, yeah. And really cool. and it's really amazing. Like I, I all different types of people listen to it. I have a, a client of mine who I worked with. She loves listening to them, but she just had triplets. And she said to get them calm at night. She listens to the the calm bundle and all of a sudden they'll be crying and then they'll listen to it and then it's wow. silent. You and should they, try that. And they go we to should sleep. try that with a kid, yeah, for sure. When you have tantrums. Yeah. Do you have sure. a tantrum bundle? Yeah. <laughs> I haven't downloaded that one yet. <laughs> can we channel that one next time? Yeah, yeah. Or we'll just call you up and we can try some things out in oh, the room. Oh, they'll be like, <laughs> be like what's Please this? something. <laughs> there was actually, there was another um, client of mine. She, is a, she had a five-year-old at the time. And whenever she said she put it on, mm. uh, the five-year-old's aut- autistic. Uh, she's on the spectrum. And whenever she put on one of the, the light language activations, she would start smiling and she would like look around the room and she'd start like l- like smiling and laughing. And like, it's almost her mom said, it's like she's seeing the beings That's or she's so seeing beautiful. the language. Wow. So is it like a song? Well, the way that I translate it is like it. But when I first started hearing it, like I said, it was just like I started singing it and then that stopped. And mm-hmm. then I started writing it. And then I'd be in sessions and I'd start speaking it like a language. Well, when you write it, were you writing like musical notes or were you? No, they're like, like symbols. Symbols. Yeah. Symbols in English or how no. would you? No, it's okay. like it's like its own. So how would type you know what they what they mean? So here's the thing. So everyone everyone has a connection to light language. That's the thing I want to say. Okay. Because as long as the light language <clears throat> is connected to the akash and our souls are coming from the Akash, mm-hmm. are part of the everything that is, was, and ever will be, we have a unique connection to it as well. Mm-hmm. And the way that that connection might come to us is different, right? So my journey of light language evolved from just being able to, to first hearing it and then singing it, and then I stopped singing it and it turned into writing it, mm-hmm. and then it turned into signing it, like I was signing it with my hands. Wow. And then I started singing it again. So it's, it's, it's so different. And that's the thing with channeling is the minute we try to put, and I think this is really one of the major things with why people say, oh, but she's a channel and she's able to connect to these energies and I'm not. The minute we say, I'm not like that, mm-hmm. we cut ourselves off. Yeah. We literally put resistance mm-hmm. in our path from ever having the opportunity to experience it. And that's, that's the thing so with flow state is so true. the minute you try to define flow state, or when it happens, it stops happening. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because as like, I, I like when people are like, well, who do you channel and what do you channel? And I'm like, I like name a few things, but that doesn't even encompass it all. Mm-hmm. Like I've recently had experiences where I'm channeling in Portuguese. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't even, I, English is my only language. <laughs> like, so, 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 but that's what I mean is I don't try to say, okay, I only sing light language. Right. Yeah. I only talk with the Andromedans. I only channel the Pleiadians. The minute I do that, even if it's just for like making people understand, I block myself off. Right. right? So I think for anyone who wants to, who's like, well, I want to learn how to channel. We all are. There is no learning that's necessary. Well, what is it that somebody can do at home to start yeah. to tap into that energy? Yeah. Like, is it Ooh. particular meditations? I have, I have a good response to this. <laughs> share. Yeah. Because, because I get this a lot. Okay. I get this a lot. And especially when I first like started putting my offerings out there, people would be like, well, how do I open my gifts? And how do I mm-hmm. open my channel? And the way that the guides say it is we are all so unique in the way that we operate. But a good way to start tuning into how we uniquely receive information is through our senses. 
just the five sentences that we have is a, is a good place to start because that's something we can all kind of tune into mm -hmm. unless you like don't have yeah. like one of the senses you don't have access to. But let's say, for example, you are very like, um, um, uh, well, let me just ask you out of your like five senses, which one do you think you're most sensitive to? Sound. Okay. So if you find you're sensitive to sound, mm -hmm. chances are that that's the way or the easiest way for you to receive non-physical information. Mm. If you find that you walk into a place and you're like, oh, I can't with the music. It's too loud. Or like, I hate this music. Or like, mm. I love this music. Mm -hmm. Or silence. Oh my God. Hearing the silence even. If that's you, then chances are that that non-physical in information will come to you through sound. Hmm. And the minute your mind goes, well, no, I want to be a channeler, so I'm going to take this course, which is all about how to automate write, like automated writing, yeah. you probably wouldn't get anything from that. Because your unique gifts and the way that you're designed to operate just from your experience comes through sound. So maybe just sitting with yourself in meditation, if you find you're someone who like assimilates energy through sound, just sitting with yourself and just becoming aware of all the sounds that are around you. And then are there sounds within you? If you could hear the sound of your heartbeat, could you tune into that? Could you really get still and tune into that sound? And then all these other senses start to activate as well. Mm. Well, I'm feeling into my heart. And if, if I could feel into my heart, it feels a little bit warm. Mm. Like, do you know what I mean? It's using like an inner sensory experience. And that's the thing that we need to tune into. Mm -hmm. It's not about this outside learning more and taking a course and going and finding your guru. Well, that's the thing I think also these days that there's a course for everything. Yeah. Like you go online and say Reiki and it's like, course, one, two, three, four, five and do it here. Right, and do it there. And right. It's just like, and it becomes like we were saying earlier, overwhelming. There's so mm -hmm. much information everywhere about Everything. And everything everyone needs is inside. Well, that's the yeah. thing. It's like, but of course, nowadays also with people trying to make a living and starting businesses online, it's like they're, you know, they're doing their courses. They're trying to share their information. But like, yeah, there's just... Someone like, needs to have a course about tuning Exactly. In. Somebody needs to teach people that you don't need to go spend thousands of dollars on a Well, and that's when, what the activating your inner technology was about, right. mm -hmm. is how to tune into the way you uniquely operate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And leaving all the BS behind mm -hmm. because that doesn't serve you. Well, and it works that way, f again, going back to all flow state, yeah. all creativity, all expression, even a good conversation. Like people are like, I don't know how to access flow state. It's like, have you ever been in a conversation that fit, like yes. that went in a blink, but it turns out it was four hours? Right. That was your flow state. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Have you ever made passionate love? Yeah. And it felt like an eternity. Yeah. And it was just like the, and time didn't exist. Yeah. And like, these are the moments of flow state that we all as humans can access. So and when you experience them in those different places, it's like, sometimes you read a book and the book is so good that you just everything else disappears. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that's reading and someone else wrote it. And maybe it's not that creative and it's just digesting, but that's your first step into it, mm -hmm. into releasing thoughts, suspending this whole narrative in your head that like, that I like getting out of your own way. Uh, yeah. And I think that's what's so interesting about what you said about the channeling side of it is like, I've never channeled. I have no idea how I would begin that journey if I decided I wanted to, but I'm pretty damn sure that I'd treat it like music. Because the best things I've ever been involved with with music are not about thought or strategy or like what I'm like going and sitting down with an intention of being like, I must do this. It's like the release of all things yeah. human and just allowing source to come through. Mm -hmm. And and I think that's like, that's honestly, I think that's all of humanity's greatest creations, mm -hmm. intellectually, creativity, emotionally, all of it. Like it's all come from a place of like 
getting this noise out of our way and just being like, I'm just going to actually allow my source to express itself. Well, and that's it. And that's what I think a lot of us forget. And even I forget it a lot of the time. Oh, like, I forget we get it all so, the fucking time. It's yeah, crazy. we get so identified with like our mind. Like yeah. I'll be like, Layla's mind is saying this. And then right. we, get, we get very attached to our thoughts. Mm. But are we even us? Oh, yeah. I don't know. Is spirit just animating us? That's really what it is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's animating us as Layla. Right. It's animating you as Juliana. It's animating yeah. you as Mark. And like, yeah. and, and if, if that's how simple and light it really is, because I don't think divinity would make things hard. That's nice. That's There's nice lightness. There's levity to it mm-hmm. because that's how we're designed to have the most expansion. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? But we do need that polarity. We yeah. need that duality. But I love also what you say about like finding that right path for you in terms of like knowing how to best connect and get in touch with your true self. Yeah. Like whether it's like you're saying through sound yeah, or through meditation mm-hmm. or like sometimes you hear like people when they go surfing, like for like some people mm-hmm. like the getting flow the thing, flow yeah. state. Yeah. But it's like it, that's when they feel like they can truly mm. connect to that God essence, that true essence. Or you let know? go. Or and let just, go of the mind be. as well. Absolutely. But, it, but it's interesting too because when I think about um, how we live our lives and like the certain shifts that we can create once we understand what suits us best, mm-hmm. like even that understanding is so important in helping us shape and construct the path of our life. Yeah. And that's something that I've been very fascinated with in terms of like human design yeah. and like what you work with as well. Like it may be, again, you can share a little bit about what that is and how right now it's becoming a really popular thing yeah. for people to tap into that to understand themselves so it can help them live their life in a greater way but yeah what is it really like what yeah. is human design yeah so human design just at a very basic yeah. level of understanding it's the understanding that everyone on the planet has a unique way in which their energy works and not only how their energy works but the things that like how they best make decisions how they are um the areas that they're most prone to outside conditioning um and then how to understand basically how to understand everything about yourself it's like a blueprint into who you uniquely are and what you uniquely need to be who you're designed to be in order to give what you're here to give to the planet which when you think of it from that perspective We don't really need to do anything. I think that's the other thing that we see a lot in the spiritual space is like, I need to become my authentic self. Mm. I need to become more aware. Mm -hmm. I need to become, and yeah, sure, those are all great things, but it's not about becoming something. It's about deconditioning to unbecome everything that the Mm. world told you to be. That's so... It's about so not being, not working on yourself mm-hmm. or, or even that. It's about un, like peeling back the layers and seeing, well, do I really authentically want that? Mm-hmm. Is that really true to myself? Mm-hmm. And, and when you're able to see that, that's when life gets fun, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not only when it gets fun, when you start being free. Right. And, and I truly think if everyone on the planet learned their human design and how they were designed to operate, like – everything down from like how they need to make decisions like authentically mm-hmm. to like what they need in order to feel secure. Right. Um, we would live in a much different planet. Um, 
I think what human design has done as well, it's a very, it's, it's, it's kind of the, the way I see it is it's the bridge for people that are like corporate and still in the matrix and not fully believing this, but they're like, well, let's see, like, yeah, <laughs> let's yeah. see, right? But there's um, like a little tiny spark in the right, right that wants yeah, to know. a little curious. Yeah. Yeah. And so they'll go to my workshop and, and, and what I begin to say to them is like, well, you've never met me in my life, so how would you know this about me? It's such a nice bridge between people that are curious, mm -hmm. they, they're skeptical, and they don't truly believe all the spiritual woo-woo because all they see about spirituality is the Tulum side, mm -hmm. right? which is why it's another reason why I have such a big it's not a big problem, but it's something that I see that I'm like, well, I'm not going to do that, mm -hmm. right? Which is like going to all the ceremonies mm -hmm. all the time. When you ask anyone, what do you think is spiritual? They'll probably name something like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And a plant medicine to go along with it. Mm -hmm. And and that's why people are so surprised. Like when I was in Japan just now, my uh, our, our tour guide, she was she had no idea that I was that I channel and she sure. used to listen to Abraham Hicks and she's like, mm -hmm. you don't look like it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, well, that's, that's my idea. Yeah. Because if we really want to help the world get to a higher state of being, how do you think the people that don't look like that, who think, yes. well, I don't want to turn into that. Totally. So I'm not, I'm anything that involves consciousness. I'm not going to do that because that's who I'll turn into. If right? Too hippie or too, well, it turns it know. into a club. Yeah. Well, exactly. And if, if you don't think you can do it, then don't do it. Right. Right? Which is not what this movement is about. Mm -hmm. This is not what this awakening of consciousness is about. It's it's for everyone. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we don't need to wear a uniform to do it. Right. Yeah. We don't have to sign up, you know, for a set of standards and rules and practices and behaviors of this is what you have to be in order to access consciousness. Right. And I think that's... So fucking important. Yes. Mm -hmm. Because so many people, it does as much it's as not it, accessible. It, as mm -hmm. much in the nuance as it does good yeah. because it opens the door for those that are willing yes. to maybe play around with, yeah. you know, the clothes they wear and the hats and the 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 the, the way that they behave and, and, and the communities that they involve themselves in. Ninety nine point nine percent of the world don't. Yeah. So how do we get it to them? Yeah. And I think that's what you're leading to. I yes. think it's really, really, really important. And it's, I think, also kind of one of the reasons I've seen it in music as well, too, mm. when music becomes too dogmatic about, mm -hmm. or, and I mean, look at religion. You have to, it's same thing, so dogmatic in yeah. the way that you have to be and behave and, and dress and all of the things and the rules that it also does great things to build community mm. for the, those uh, that yeah, are involved absolutely. in it, 100%. Absolutely. But on the other side, there's no like it does not create a community of the whole world or a banner yeah. that the whole world can fly. Yeah, I feel right. like we're in a in a time right now where we need to make the idea of spirituality, which isn't religion or anything like yes. it's just the connection to self, yes. more approachable for an everyday person. Absolutely, you know what I mean. Like yeah. it needs to be approachable to everyone. It's just like when you talk about yoga, right? Like yes. if you're going to be showing yoga and people bending and have, of course, people are going to be like, "Well, it's not for me." Right. I'm not a contortionist. Right. I'm not a pretzel. Yeah. But if you approach it from a perspective of like, no, no, it's not even about touching your toes. Mm. It's about what you learn about yourself on your way down. That's what yoga is. I love You know that. what I mean? Yeah. So it's like when you start to show that to people, then they're like, okay, now I'll come into a yoga class. Yes. I'll try it because they're not intimidated by this whole thing of exactly. what it is. It's and more I, accessible. Exactly. Well, I, yeah. I think that's really cool because it's helping me right here in this podcast shape my understanding of why innately... I feel so uncomfortable about what's going on in places like Tulum and I don't know, in a lot of places in Costa Rica where the like 
COVID has created a mass exodus and an opportunity for people to wake up, but it's also driven a lot of people to think that waking up means I have to dress like this, be like this, go to these kinds of events, go to these kinds of things. I have to create a, a life coaching course that I can sell on my Instagram. I have to build an identity that I live up to. Like, and it's just like this mad circle and cycle of never ending things that if you check all the boxes, then I'll be whole. And it's like, that's not, really yeah what it's supposed to be it's like i go back to the mainland thing it's it's just about being human human and good and balanced and working and knowing we're all fucked up and that we're all messed up and unbalanced and have all kinds of baggage and trauma and we're going to do our best every day to work through it and that's that's spirituality and sure there's tools like meditation like and what you're talking about here with with, um with the human design design. i was like hang on what is it called (laughs) with human design that i think these things are like if we can make them accessible Mm -hmm. to everyone Mm -hmm. we can live in a better world one person at a time absolutely but you know if you have to meet a certain set of criteria to get there, not everyone's going to want to meet that set of criteria. Yeah. So you lose. And it's also a falsehood. It's right? not real. You don't have to wear a long flowy dress in order mm-hmm. to no, yeah, yeah. do the you, work. You can wear a long flowy dress because you just feel beautiful in it. Right. But it doesn't need it to represent. says the girl in the long flowy dress. <laughs> dress, a green. No, but you're uh, right because it feels good for you. Well, exactly. It feels because good for you. There, you know, just feel good in what yes. you're wearing and like because that represents who you are and how right. you're feeling not because Ide- you need to fit in to right. be something fitting in you know? an identity is such a it's a it toxic is. thing in this space like yeah. you know most not most but there are a lot of people that sit in a position like yourself that are extremely gifted and have worked a really long time at becoming sharpened to bring tools to the world in a spiritual space mm. 99% of them dress a certain way and present themselves and like have a different name and a, you know, wear strange clothes and like all kinds of things on them. And, all, you know, like it's just, but it's like, is that what it is? No, it's not. That's marketing. It's like American <laughs> marketing. You're right. like, you're li- trying to live up to a standard to make yourself seem more like the thing that people think. When we met you for the first time, that was the most admirable thing about you. Oh, really? 100%. Look <laughs> at you. You're just a human. You're doing human. It's amazing. It's so refreshing. It's like, you're probably one of the most gifted people we've ever met. And then, but at the same time, you're like, no, I just do me. This is who I am and my authentic self. And that to me is the most spiritual thing that someone can do. Yeah. Like, because spiritual is like in the truth of, like you said, with, for lack of a better word, I think this is the right way to use it, which is spiritually embodying your spirit and letting it make the decisions for you, not your intellect and your ego and your identity. Yeah. It's fascinating. Yeah. Well, that's it. And, and, and again, back to the, just to wrap that part up, what I want to add is like, just even the way of like dressing spiritually, it's like another way that the matrix has like come into the space like you have to be corporate you have to look like this you have to make this amount of money blah 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 we've just turned it into a different right uniform in sparkly clothes and long capes i literally bought a shirt at a store nearby here and i put it on just before the podcast and i looked at adrian and i was just like the fuck am i wearing (laughs) and adrian's like you You look like you're from you're from tulum and i was like no, was this true though? And I was like, I felt so weird. I'm like, do I need to wear this? Uh-huh. To, like, and the, and like to challenge these feelings yeah. of being like in real is, time. In like, real time, and be like, is this the thing I have to wear to feel like it's me? It's like, no. Then I'm gonna feel 
like I'm actually some kind of strange imposter trying to be something that I'm actually not. Maybe one day, maybe when I feel the mood or, you know, whatever. But like, it was a funny thing. <laughs> it's identity. Like the, the idea of identity yeah. is such an interesting yeah. thing when it gets wrapped in, like you said, like the matrix, like in, in everyone wears these business suits and these Gucci yeah. purses and the stuff yes. in the certain areas right? of the matrix there. But then you uproot it, pull it all out, replant it in places like this, and it's like, and they just replace it all with different it's stuff. It's like the starter kits, right? Yeah. Like the starter, the, kit starter kits. The starter kit memes are amazing. Yeah. Oh my starter God. Kits. The Tulum starter kit, the Nasara starter kit, the Austin there's, starter there's kit. There's a lot of starter kits. <laughs> those are the three days. that we've seen because we've been to all three of those places recently. And we <laughs> always look at them. like, okay, yeah. Well, I look at them. When we were in Austin, I was like, oh no, at least 70% of these I are part of me yeah. like the, it was like the cold bath you know oh someone God. that knows Aubrey Marcus <laughs> you've done mushrooms at some point in your life like it was like um you've intermittent fast and I'm like every oh no we even had him on our podcast yeah. oh. <laughs> we don't just know him we interview him <laughs> so I don't know it's funny though but that's like the the weird identity thing about it yeah. and you can make jokes about it because yes. it's because look at that it's me actually it's yeah. actually me and I'm yeah. laughing at myself I don't know, it's but funny. anyways, but to go back to also what <laughs> I was saying about the human design yeah. thing, I think it's really cool that there is something, a tool. Yes, it's a practical, it's a tool. practical, practical tool. tool. And that's why I love it is mm -hmm. because like, again, like you'll have someone walk into a workshop, like my wife dragged me here. She's vegan or whatever. And yeah. like, I met a guy like that meat. at the restaurant today. Yeah. 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 There's so many that come here yeah, we, we, like that. With the guy that we met, we we're like, oh, so what brought you guys here to Palmaya? He's like, oh, my love, my wife loves vegan food. And we're like, oh, cool. Okay. He's totally. And right. he was just like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I'll have that. I'll have people like that come to my workshops and then I'll tell them a little bit about, about their energy and and I and then I talk about well your wife's this and the, you're this so this, you're gonna have to like honor each other's energy and he's like for the first time he was like wow that's that's resonates weirdly you know because it's new for him he's like mm -hmm. I didn't think he had an expectation going into that I want to sit yeah. here for an hour right just because my wife wants to do this and I'm just gonna listen or mm -hmm. not even listen and then he realized something about himself in that experience totally. That was like, wow, I have permission to live life in that way, not just because I want to, but because it's validation for how I'm authentically designed to. That's beautiful. How do you find that authentic design of a person, though? Like, mm. how does it work? So, so um, human design is is like, I love it because it just gives you a blueprint for how to like, it's a reference point for okay. like if you're finding yourself in situations where you're either like playing the victim or life isn't working for you or like you keep getting even digestive problems, right? Mm -hmm. Or you keep running into the same problems in relationship. There's a reason for it energetically that you can see in the chart. Mm -hmm. And the original human design texts were very technical. The languaging of it was very difficult to understand. And so wait, going, could you repeat your question again? Because I think that was related. Well, my question was, how does it actually work? Like, so I, I'm a, someone that sits down in front of you. Yeah. Tell me what my design is. Like, how does it work? Sure. So it, you need your time, your yeah. the time of birth, the date of birth, and place of birth. Okay. And those things tell you a lot about mm -hmm. yourself. I don't know if you've used astrology before. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. so it's very similar. What I say the difference is, the major difference is um, in human design, it tells you energetically, like 
uh, astrology tells you how like the patterns that will come up in your psychology, mm -hmm. right? It tells you maybe the types of people that you're attracted to or how you'll work or like um, how your mind works, what you emotionally need, right? Yes. And those things aren't changing. Human design tells you how energetically you're designed to operate. It tells you how the areas are that you can be conditioned and you can change those things. So for example, like if you're a, I'll give myself as an example, I'm a projector energy type. Mm -hmm. And as a projector, it's not, I don't have sustainable life force energy to work nine to five right. every day. If I try to do that to myself, I'm going to be very bitter and burnt out. And I might even get like a, a, a physical, you know, example of that to show that my body's trying to tell me, slow down. This is not energetically correct for you. Right. That doesn't mean I'm not designed to work. I am. But the way that I work is through how I guide. Hmm. So my energy is more about guiding. Uh -huh. It's not about working. It's about guiding. It's about right. tweaking, right? Uh -huh. So if I'm trying to be like a generator who's like um, generators are designed to um, do what they love. And through doing what they love, they have this like life force energy that spills out of them. And they're so magnetic, like um, um, Beyonce is right? mm. a generator or Beyonce. like, yeah. No shit. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> well, like you see that you see her on stage and it's like, wow. Or um, it just like, you know, you can see with generators, they have this really big magnetic aura and it's so warm, right? Mm -hmm. but how generators often get conditioned is people, their caregivers see this warm aura and they're like, oh, you're so likable. You're so warm. Hey, honey, this uncle that you don't like is coming home and I want you to be really nice to him. I want you to give him a hug, even though you don't want to give him a hug and just be really nice. So they get told at a young age, the way that generators get conditioned based off of how they authentically are. Mm -hmm. They are authentically designed to do what they love and just follow that, they get told at a young age, no, you have to do things you don't want to do. And that's your sense mm -hmm. of value in the world. Mm -hmm. So they grow up to be very disconnected from what's authentically true to themselves. And here's what's crazy. Generators, the energy type of generators are a majority of the population. So when we look at how we're energetically feeling and then not that we, we have like a sign that lets you know you're living your design and a sign that lets you know you're not living your design. Generators, the sign that lets them know they're living authentically is they feel this deep satisfaction. Mm -hmm. Like, you know that that feeling of when you did a long, hard day's work, but you it was so productive and it was so good and you're so exhausted, but it's a, it's a good kind of exhaustion? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. That's the feeling of satisfaction for a generator. But the sign that lets them, that lets them know they're not living their design is frustration. Mm. So when you think about it, what are we feeling collectively? Mm. Frustration. Yeah. Frustration is in the air. Yeah. People are frustrated mm -hmm. and they don't know how to get out of it. Mm -hmm. People are like blaming this side and that side, Republican, Democrat, mm -hmm. COVID's real, COVID's fake. Mm -hmm. There's so much happening in that regard that everyone's just feeling frustrated. Yeah. And what we really need, I think everyone first and foremost needs to like become, you know, unbecome, right? To become yes. their authentic self. But more than anything, we need to get generators up and excited about what they're doing. Mm -hmm. You know, they need to be connected to themselves. Mm -hmm. They need to make sure that they're doing honestly what they love. Because mm -hmm. when they do that, the entire world would shift into satisfaction. That's so interesting. That's, wow. Right? So on your website, do you offer consultations for this? Yeah. For people? So, so how it kind of works is I've, I've shifted my offerings a little bit. Mm -hmm. I used to have like the option where you could choose just a channeling or just a human design session. What I kept running into is people that have never 
you know, they just found out through someone who mm-hmm. like knew someone Which and they booked a, a session. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they booked a session. I'm like, have you been, you know, involved in my work? And they're like, nope. I'm like, do you know what channeling is? They're like, nope. And I'm like, okay, well, you booked a channeling session. This yeah. is what it is. And based off of what I read on your intention form, I actually think we need to do like some subconscious work and then a human design session. And they're mm-hmm. like, I don't want to do that. I paid for the channeling. I want to do the channeling. And I'm like, Okay. And because I'm so invested in helping people transform it, I was running into difficulty because people weren't allowing themselves the opportunity to transform, even if they they meant Mm -hmm. they they weren't getting what they wanted, even though they didn't know what that was. Mm -hmm. Right. So what I offer now, it's just like um, sessions with me. And I, based off of what they're going through at that, you know, given moment in Mm -hmm. time, I'll determine and guide based off of what I think that would be be most helpful to their mm. inner transformation. That's actually an excellent way to approach it, I think. Yeah. Especially in a space where none of us really know and it's nice to have somebody have a look, yeah. understand what the mm. intention should be and then work towards whatever it is that could actually help. Right. Exactly. Because I think it's like the like you keep saying, you know, it's a practical way of figuring of understanding oneself, like know thyself. Mm-hmm. Like that's the first step. Mm-hmm. And if these if your if your tactics are a way to help people get closer to that understanding yeah then it's the greatest gift that they could actually uh-huh. give themselves absolutely and you're facilitating it. Absolutely. i think that's really really beautiful and sometimes yeah. the thing that people are most resistant to is actually what they need most yeah right? oh my so god like, so often well, yeah, oh yeah i mean i think about it in yoga they always say the pose that you avoid is actually the posture that you need most mm-hmm. it's like subconsciously your body's like no no it's uncomfortable i don't want to do it so it's the same thing. Like you come to a healing session and like you're saying, someone's like, no, I just want to channel it. Yeah. But what they really need is to do some subconscious work because mm-hmm. what the trauma that is mm-hmm. affecting them the most is actually healed through that exactly. rather than just a channel conversation. Yes. With, you know, yeah, exactly. Divinity, so. so where do they go? They can go to my website. It's, it's lightwithlayla.com. Um, and I'm also on Instagram, Light with Layla, though I don't really use Instagram <laughs> that often anymore. We'll put everything in the show yeah, notes. Yeah, we'll put everything in the show notes so people could go and click and, and book a session. And I just, Amazing. right before we did this podcast, I actually got a little mini session of subconscious work with Layla, and uh, it was amazing. <laughs> it was really, really amazing. So thank you for that. You're so welcome. And uh, I hope that people can come and experience your gifts and, and just the service that you provide for the world yeah. because we all need it one way or another. Yeah. You know what I mean? We all yeah. need to reconnect with ourselves a little deeper and, and heal those parts of us that need healing. Absolutely. Ooh. It's been such a joy to have this conversation with yeah. you guys. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Layla. Thank you. <laughs> Amazing.